This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe require some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at saythiscast, and go to saythiscast.com to hear previous episodes. Hey, party quarantine people. We're not talking about cartoons this week on the Chaotic Good Podcast. I shouldn't have to say this. My name is Nicole, and I'm joined here today by my co-host, Genre. Hi. Because we gotta talk about the police. And... We're so happy about it. Riots. But really quick, in lieu of a story, we're gonna talk about riots, because it's kind of a different thing. Riots and looting, because it's kind of a different topic than the rest of the podcast so yeah genre you wanted to go off so go off king yeah i'll yeah so in the course of protesting something so abhorrent and evil and horrifying as racism and systemic racism and police brutality you're going some people are going to get upset it's going to happen a protest is an outpouring of emotion in some in, in some places it is a way for people to come together and talk about and try to make their voices heard and when people are going out into the streets especially during a pandemic that means they're really really pissed off and some of those people might burn some stuff it's going to happen i'm sorry but it's going to happen and then some other people might take some stuff this is also going to happen it happens in large protests it always happens in large protests especially when people are frightened or scared or they are a part of a uh, community that has been systemically and horribly kept down so if you see see the target and the windows are broken out and people are going in and out and you're like wow I need a blanket for my kid. Then you're going to go in and take it. That's that's going to happen. Particularly because it's a pandemic and people have been out of work for three months. And disproportionately, those people tend to be younger black folks who also have like a higher level of poverty and thus a higher level of criminality and also who are deeply, deeply pissed off right now at a number of situations. God, yes. It is all a perfect storm of situations that leads to all th- to the trifecta of like protest riots and looting yes and it defies logic because it is not logical it is an expression of the purest form of emotion it's not helpful to try and get these people to um think with their higher logical selves yeah. because it's not gonna happen because they're people people are like oh you should you what's it gonna help you're you're gonna just make it se- seem like you're just a bunch of thugs and we all know what that means Mm -hmm. and it's just nobody this isn't like a planned thing it's not like we all got together like at the black people meeting last month and said let's 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 go protest but also over there you guys you go burn some stuff because that is part of our protest that's not 
what it is. It's part of the whole situation, yes, but the event organizers, the people that are organizing these protests aren't saying like, you, you percentage of you go off and burn stuff. And I, you, I think everybody at this point knows how I feel about that, how we feel about that, but I am tired of arguing with people about what is rioting and what is looting and what is whatever. If you're mad about the rioting, stop talking about it because there's only a few situations where you should be talking about it like we are now in explaining the different parts of protests and the different parts of it of how people are are experiencing their emotions right now or if you're going off about white people rioting over like a sports game and literally looting even though they're all financially secure enough to afford um tickets to the world fucking series or something I'm like from that. Massachusetts. Boston burns every few years because either the Pats win, the Sox win, or the Pats lose or the Sox lose. That's just Boston. And nobody bats an eye about that. There was a there was a pumpkin festival a few years ago in New Hampshire. They burnt cars. They burnt cars. And not like cop cars either. No, just at people's the cars. Where they were mad at cops, where they burned cop cars. They just burned cars that were sitting on the street. Yeah, they just flip stuff. It's crazy. So what I'm saying is, and what I'm pleading, pleading with everybody is, it, if you don't, if you think that the riot, if the rioting or the looting is not reflecting great on a cause that you believe in, then talk about the cause instead. Talk about why people are protesting support the protesters sign petitions give money to to bail funds to help the protesters because people are getting arrested just for being out and ex and exercising their first amendment freaking rights don't just rioting is gonna happen and you have to accept that it's part of life is part of it's part of this outpouring of whatever but if you if you anytime I see someone saying like uh, talking about the riots and they're like, oh, you know, I really believe in, in the Black Lives Matter movement. I just don't like the riots. And I'm like, OK, just talk about the Black, Li Black, Black Lives Matter movement. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, your expectation to the black people think with their higher brains and be logical while getting like slaughtered and beat and beaten up every single day by like increasing numbers of police officers it's racist you Incredibly. don't you don't hold this level you don't even expect a white boy who gets drunk at a college party to be able to keep it in his pants so i don't really understand how you expect black people to stay calm at a time like this you're racist if that's your way of thinking so re-examine that or sit and stew in your racism and say it with your chest you coward <laughs> Take the mask totally off or go sit in the corner because we don't care about you. Yep. And if that makes you not want to support us anymore, nothing of value was lost. <laughs> All right. I'm with the show. Yep. So our real topic for today, not that that's not a real topic, but the topic that we'll be spending the majority of the time on will be the concept of police abolition, because as these protests have graduated from talking about specifically George Floyd, 
the topic of police abolition and defunding the police has come up. And I feel as though not a lot of people understand what police abolition means and that a lot of the people who are championing police abolition aren't doing a fantastic job of explaining what they mean or they mean something that I don't agree with. (laughs) So what is meant by the term police abolition or the abolition of the police? Well, (laughs) the name would suggest that it means that there should be no police officers, period, end of story. The way that I interpret it, it means that there should be a complete and total dismantling of the police force as we know it today in America. So, take, for instance, the Chicago Police Department and gut it. You hire from a new pool of applicants or you rehire people from the police department after extensive psych evals, reviewing their records and going through extensive training with the types of situations that they would be brought into. We need to reduce the number of police officers activated today. There are too many. The majority of them just kind of wander around poor neighborhoods doing what's called the broken window policing. So they're trying to drive around. If they see a like, teen smoking a blunt, they're going to rush him with 10 cops and like arrest him for drug charges. They're looking for any opportunity, any level of criminality, even if nobody's complaining about it or it doesn't seem to be damaging the community anyway, to crack down on them and to try and get those quote-unquote criminal elements out of the community. This does not help people for a number of reasons that I'll get into a little bit later. However, the replacement for these cops enacting their broken window policy would be a policy of establishing a unarmed core of professionals to respond to the majority of cases that the cops respond to today. So civil disputes, wellness checks, Because I'm sure if you were to think about it for a second, that you know a number of cases, you listener, um, where a cop has been called to do a wellness check or been called to a civil dispute or a babysitter calls because they think somebody's broken into the house and a cop comes and they shoot the person who called. It happens a lot, a lot more than it should, because cops aren't actually trained to de-escalate situations or for the situations that they're called to respond to. They just aren't. Cops spend about two months in the academy on average, and the majority of that time is spent learning how to hold and wield a gun effectively. De-escalation training, on the other hand, and anti-bias training is given about eight hours. So when the only tool in your tool belt is a hammer, every problem starts to resemble a nail, as my mother always says. So when a cop comes to a situation that is peaceful, but somebody starts getting a little bit heated, the only way they know how to deal with that situation is to pull a gun out and try and shoot somebody, which is often lethal. This is not a good way of handling issues in a civilized society. There's no need for it. We have social workers. We have psychologists. We have firefighters. We have paramedics. We have many people who are able and trained to deal with the situations that arise in our society without a gun. And they do it a lot better than a poorly trained soldier with a gun. Yeah, I, I saw a... um. Uh, a woman at a protest she was a nurse and she said i deal with people that are high people that are violent all the time and none of them have died exactly because emergency room people have had to deal with a lot 
like dangerous situations with people with weapons, with people that are completely out of their gourds. Like, and they, and you know, a lot of them, most of them don't die. They're not, they don't get shot. Yeah. Same thing with social workers. Social workers get into incredibly dangerous situations and they emerge from those situations slightly traumatized, just like the cops, I assume, but also Mm. nobody's dead. And they don't get compensated for that work very well. Social workers don't get paid well at all. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. cops, average salary in Chicago, for instance, is about 100 k a year. And then they get a fat pension after working for five years that gets bumped when they work 10 years and then bumped a little bit more when they work 20 years. Did you say $100,000 a year? I believe so. That might be a slight exaggeration. I was reading something this morning. I don't know about the upper limits of the salary, but it looks like the median salary for a Chicago cop is like 60 or 65 a year. But still. It's very, very high. It's high in comparison to every other city worker. But we have other problems in Chicago. Unions are really powerful here, which is nice for some things Mm. and also horrendous. (laughs) <laughs> for uh, for other reasons. So there's a lot. Police unions aren't the best either. Well, our like garbage, our garbage disposal union is also really powerful and they get paid oh. like a lot in comparison. I mean, to Chicago, the, yeah. how are you supposed to get rid of all those bodies that the, <sighs> that the Democratic machine like produces? I mean, yeah, right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, we need cleaners. <laughs> We need, we need to clean up yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but getting back to it, cops are right. paid too much. There are too many. And the majority of them just crawl, sneak, run around in plain clothes in communities looking for people to fuck up. And then they throw the book at them. And you might say, well, you're taking the criminal element out of that community. So you've made it better. Well... If you, dear listener, have any idea about, like, the number of people in this country, the number of black men who are in jail, which is one in four adult black men have spent some time in jail, that means that, and they're not all for violent offenses, I should say, but that means that you've taken one in four black fathers out of a family unit, and families that only have one parent are typically poorer which costs the city more. And also poverty has a incredibly close correlative factor to levels of criminality, both violent and not. So you take a community that had problems before, and then you remove all the fathers or you remove mothers, or you just remove the criminal element, quote unquote, and you raise the level of criminality, thus creating more problems for your police to solve it's an endless cycle and it hurts the community and it hurts the city and it costs everybody a shit ton of money um and it just made and it just feeds into the narrative that we need more cops to solve these problems but the cops cause a lot of these problems you know just introducing an element that destabilizes the community exactly is going to destroy the community and then you're going to get more chaos it's just it like you said it's a cycle and the the way to stop that is to completely change how law enforcement works. Yeah. What happens if instead of like trawling each poor neighborhood in every major city across America, if the cops didn't? Well, huh. we have a really interesting case. In 2017, there are a lot of protests going on in New York City in favor of Eric Garner and 
because of the rage that they felt that Eric Garner's killer would not be indicted under any sort of charges by the grand jury. The cops, in response to this, felt like they were under attack, and so they said, we're not going to do any preemptive policing. We're going to stop. Oh, that's right. They, they took their ball. Out of, like some neighborhoods. Yeah, they took their ball and they went home like little bitch babies that they are because they are, <laughs> as we all know, a bunch of of yellow belly cowards. However, the numbers that we see from these instances are pretty interesting. Now, in New York City, what might you think if you were unfamiliar with this data if you knew that every cop car patrolling the city streets of new york city was going to leave what happens if that was public information do you think that violent crimes would rise i mean me personally no i know not you personally but you listening because <laughs> you know even a few years ago i would have said oh yeah i mean mm -hmm, it seems like that would probably raise the level of violent crimes that happened but it didn't no all it did was lower the arrests for nonviolent crimes. There were less arrests that had to do with people jumping turnstiles. There were less housing arrests. Just generally, it seems like the amount of arrests for things that were bothering anybody went down, and the number of violent crimes stayed exactly the same. It didn't matter if the cops were there or not, because in almost every case, the cops have to be called anyway to respond to major crimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you heard shooting on your street, what's more likely, a cop car to be driving by and to do something about it, or for you to call the cops in response to hearing gunshots on your street? Yeah. It's the latter one. Yeah. So, the majority of what cops patrolling is meant to accomplish doesn't really seem to have much of an effect on the actual realities of our neighborhood. It's just fear. It's just in encouraging fear of them it doesn't really make any sense they just arrest people for nonviolent crimes and though yeah. nonviolent crimes can be pretty bad if there are victims those victims would probably come to the police about them and then the police would probably respond and do something about it however they don't need to be driving around catching every kid smoking a blunt they just don't they don't need to catch people who are jumping the turnstiles they don't need to do any of that it's not really necessary and it doesn't seem to lower the level of criminality in any given neighborhood it seems to raise it now, there is one argument in response to what I've laid out here. There are a lot of communities where there is a lot of gang violence due to the drug trade. And to this, you might check out our other podcast that we did, where we talked about why we should legalize all drugs. Because in short, the level of violence that surrounds the drug trade, particularly like the drug trade in relation to like harder drugs like meth and cocaine, has to do with the financial incentive. If you stand to make millions of dollars from the sale of cocaine, you'd do anything to protect that investment, wouldn't you? Which means up into shooting the shit out of everybody on your block for no reason. We've seen this with every prohibited substance throughout history. For instance, in the 1920s, we had prohibition. And we had major problems in the city of Chicago due to the illegal sale of alcohol. This was the age of the big gangsters that Hollywood makes so many films about it. And you want to know how we stopped that wave of violence? It's really going to blow your mind. Um, we put more cops on the street. Is it is it the Untouchables? Yes. Is that what happened? Yes. Exactly. No. We um we ended <laughs> prohibition. Alcohol, as you might notice, oh. is like legal. My God. And that killed the incentive for people 
to become violent, to sell alcohol, and to protect their turf. It lowered levels of criminality. It's almost like there was a trade-off between people dying from uh, from gang violence and people getting uh, hurt from alcohol abuse. We don't really have much data on, I, I suppose, the level of alcohol addiction at the time, or at least I'm not familiar with that data, so I wouldn't be, feel comfortable talking about it. But what I mm-hmm. can tell you is that in Portugal... They had a really huge drug problem and a really huge gang problem in relation to the drug trade for a really long time. And in 2011, I believe, or a little bit earlier, in response to this, they decriminalized or legalized all drugs. They have safe injection sites. They made major investments into rehabilitative programs. And you want to know what they saw? Reduced levels of addiction to hard drugs. And for people who did become addicted, they were more easily able to receive help for those substance addictions. Well, how about that? I know. And they also had less gang violence because there was no financial incentive for, like, selling cocaine. You could just buy it legally. Which, turns out, was pretty fucking great for the country. Were they, like, being high on cocaine? or? Yeah. I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But really, all of the evidence that we have and about every credible sociologist who is um, interested in this topic says the way that we combat the drug and gang problem in the United States is to legalize these substances. Take away the incentive to create criminal enterprises dedicated to the sale of these substances. That's the only way to do it. You'll notice that the war on drugs has been going on for half a century and it's done nothing. Things have only gotten worse. Their major moves in Chicago to take out the leadership of the gangs that used to live here. We used to have five major gangs that controlled the south and west side in Chicago. They were called the Hand, and there was a top-down structure. So, like, there was some order. (sighs) CPD took them out, and you want to know what happened? Chaos. Chaos. It got so like, much yeah. worse. So the tactics that are being employed in the war on drugs, not very effective. It seems like legalizing things would be more effective. But let's just put more cops on the street. Am I right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not. No, don't do. Oh, wait, you are making a point. I get it now. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, um, so that's the first part. Broken window policing. Really bad for communities. Doesn't seem to do very much. The war on drugs, the reason why we have so many police in our cities, doesn't really seem to be doing much to save us trouble. Whereas legalizing these substances seems to do a lot. In conjunction with making major investments into drug safety and programs for rehabilitating drug addicts. And also... Maybe instead of hiring more cops, we could hire more people with the training to do what we expect poorly trained soldiers to do today, because that's what police officers are. They are poorly trained civilian soldiers. Yes. And I just like to linger on the part where I say that they're civilians, because soldiers actually have pretty strict guidelines around what they are and are not allowed to engage in in society in order to keep them in check. Cops have none of those things. And yet, they use the same weaponry, which I'll get into right now. So, there's also a financial reason, a capitalist reason why cops are bad for us. Across America, 
in about every major city you can imagine, and I'm pretty sure every city that isn't major, we have a really huge disparity in spending in the budget in terms of what we spend on policing and what we spend on other things. So for my example of this problem, I'm going to use Chicago because I'm a Chicago girl and these are numbers that I am familiar with, at least now. So in 2020, the budget for the CPD, the Chicago Police Department, was approved for $1.7 billion. This is 6% of the total uh, city budget, which leaves us at $11 billion for everything else. It is our single largest investment. Our schools don't get that much money. Our civil services don't get that money. Our infrastructure doesn't get that much money. And God knows our economic development doesn't. We spend a lot of money on the police. And this is something that goes on throughout the entire country. Los Angeles and New York have similar distributions of the city's spending. And I'd be willing to bet that smaller towns do as well, although I'm not as familiar with those budgets, although I did see some cute data out of Baltimore that I encourage you to find. So we're left with a question. Why do we spend so much motherfucking money on the cops? What is the service that they provide? Now, I'm going to bury the lead a little bit and just kind of explain how most of this money is distributed. So number one, we have to pay the cops. They are workers, they work for the city, and even if the value of their work is under interrogation, you still got to pay people. And so that's something that we have to do so long as the police are a thing. Similarly, their pensions exist. Now, in Chicago, we spend far too fucking much on pensions, police pensions, teacher pensions, etc. But that's another topic that I will not get into this episode. But we spend a lot of money on that. And we also spend a lot of money on police benefits, which are really, 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 and I cannot stress this enough, really fucking good for what they actually do for our society. <laughs> Cops get treated <laughs> like fucking kings and queens and non-binary pigs. I swear to God. <laughs> um, I love non-binary people, just not non-binary cops. If you're a non-binary cop, I don't really understand you, but go off non-binary <laughs> monarch type person. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the second thing that I want to mention is that you might see a lot of cops around the country dressed up to the nines to fight the protesters. I'm talking full riot gear, armored trucks, big boy crowd control weaponry. And you might be asking yourself, where the fuck does that come from? And the answer is it's all secondhand military grade weaponry acquired from the U.S. military without any additional training on how to use it properly. Yeah, seriously, minimal at best, I'm sure. They buy armored trucks. They buy full PPE. They buy riot shields. They buy these big-ass shotguns. They buy chemical weapons. They buy a lot of stuff. And by chemical weapons, I mean tear gas, which is actually like technically banned by the Geneva Convention, but that's neither here nor there. Tear gas, pepper spray, mace. Yeah. Air, like, cr quote-unquote crowd, non-lethal crowd control. Yeah weapons rubber bullets although i will say that that uh that nycpd did figure out how to mace a bitch to death 
They did indeed. What? They killed. They killed this girl. She had asthma. They called it asthma attack, and she oh. died. It was really fucking horrific. But they 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 literally pepper sprayed her to death. So like non lethal wear. Anyways, oh. yeah. No weapon is completely non lethal. Anyway, they spend a lot of money on weaponry from the military to wield against U.S. citizens. Again, that they don't really know how to use civilians wielding military force against other civilians not soldiers Mm -hmm. civilians i got really close to my mic because i really want that to sink in for you it's very emphatic very i have a couple friends that were in the military or are in the military and they look at cops and they are horrified because of the the lack of training the just the complete disregard for discipline that is instilled in in the military it's just like i have issues with the military but they get a hell of a lot more training than cops do yeah that's why people were saying what i would really hate it if they turned the military against the u.s citizens i was like the military has a lot more restraint and training on how to handle like (laughs) <laughs> like civilian populations and the fucking cops. I don't know, man. <laughs> but that, but that's a little bit of a joke. They really shouldn't do that. But also, no, like, no. they really shouldn't do that. But also, I was like, I don't know, man. I think that people in the military have like a higher level of regard for human life than the average cop. Really? How about this? Everybody who wants to be a cop goes through the military for a couple years first. Oh, I mean, mo- a lot of cops are like and military then they get rejects. To be civilian co- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of cops that, that are military rejects. They try and go to Damn. the military. They can't. They can't <laughs> yeah. hack it, or they get dishonorably discharged, and then they go to the one place that would hire somebody yep. who is dishonorably discharged. <laughs> and that and that motherfucker is the police department, <laughs> which is another conversation on top of all their other conversations we're having right now. But There's so many conversations but we were talking about the economic policy that goes into policing so one of the reasons why defunding the police is so important is because defunding would also lead to a lessening in the militarization of the police department that's the point i was laboriously trying to make (laughs) now i would just like to share one quick stat anytime she sounds like that it's gonna be horrible but go on in chicago every year we spend about 50 million dollars paying off families who file police misconduct suits with the city. That means that a cop beats the shit out of somebody's black child, the family sues the city, as they rightly should, and then the city protects the cop, the cop gets to stay on the force, and the city pays that family a few million dollars to shut up. The taxpayer is getting shafted, of course, because we are in a massive deficit and taxes keep rising in our city and we're not alone taxes are rising in every city making the cost of living absolutely untenable for the majority of its citizenry and to some degree police misconduct is to blame for that these civil suits that are being settled out of court are to blame for that and it is disgusting it should be illegal for the city to settle a suit of police misconduct and then pay with taxpayer money. It should be the personal responsibility of the police officer, even if they don't have the money to do so. Also, these cops should obviously fucking be fired. There's currently a um, not exhaustive list of the uh, police brutality, instances of police brutality that have happened in the last week. And do you want to know how many videos are on that thread right now? 
They're on 463 as of the time of recording, and I bet it will be up to fucking 500 by the time you're listening. I'm not going to link it because it is truly horrifying. But if you don't think the police brutality is a problem, I highly suggest you go fucking watch those videos. All of them. Burn it into your brain. A girl got arrested because she crossed a police line to pass out flowers yesterday. Flowers, my nigga! The cops, very big, courageous boys, they felt very threatened by the presence of these flowers. I mean, what happens if she had a bomb? I'm sorry. Flower bomb. (laughs) Flower bomb. That's what... (laughs) Also, Seattle PD said that protesters were throwing makeshift explosives and then showed a picture. It was a candle. Uh, Cops are big, are big bitch babies. I mean, God, the biggest bitch babies in the world. Um, And this is the point where I also say we sure do spend a lot of money for eulogizing cops who die in the line of duty. And the reason why we can do that is because it's just not that deadly of a job. It's not. Like, if it's it, really like, not. It's pretty safe. <laughs> crab fishing is the most dangerous job in the country. Fishing is incredibly dangerous. Construction as well. But not more dangerous than fishing. If we were to throw funerals on the same level as we throw for your average dumb fuck cop who gets killed in the line of duty, we'd go broke. Just, just, just just throwing that out there it's not that dangerous of a job because the majority of cops don't really get involved in like situations that are that dangerous all the time they're usually resolving civil matters that could be resolved by somebody with way more training than a cop (laughs) a lot of their time is spent on paperwork a lot of their time is spent trying to get like two neighbors to stop filing noise complaints against each other yeah (laughs) or like telling your kid that smoking weed is wrong or like tackling children to the ground for a spliff (laughs) you know you think sheriff like whoever in middle of nowhere is it has like the most dangerous job in the country or something no it's a fisherman in alaska who collects your crab yeah so thank your local fishermen to be perfectly honest for the dangerous job that they perform for the benefit of all people who like to eat crustaceans everywhere braver than the troops um anyways sea bugs i apologize (laughs) 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 but anyways that's the case for abolition of the police and that's the way that i see it i think that we can have a larger core of unarmed professionals who are trained in de-escalation who respond to the vast majority of uh emergency calls wellness checks we can stop broken window policing in japan they have these kiosks kind of set up where like cops chill out in the kiosk and you know where the kiosk is so if you like need a cop and you're on the street you can like run over and then you get your big boy military guy if you need it (laughs) but if you don't need it they're not like gallivanting around trying to find trouble they're sitting their asses down you know what i mean and they're also close enough to respond to a situation if needed and you also always know where a cop is if you need a cop so i think that we could do something like that instead of gallivanting dumb fucks we could just have stationary dumb fucks but like also they aren't stupid (laughs) one thing that i've been saying is that instead of police officers we should have peace officers Mm -hmm. people that are trained 
to keep the peace and keep people safe because, and I'm going to be very specific about this, and I will link the court case in the notes, the police are not there to protect you. And that needs to change. Yeah. There was a there was a Supreme Court case that says legally the police are there to uphold the law and enforce the law and catch people that break the law. But they are not there to protect and serve. That's a that's a slogan. So we need to change that. Like you said, with better training, with people that can go out and do wellness checks without weaponry and just there's just so much that we can do so much better. Yeah, I think that we can. I think that we can do a lot more by paying social workers to do a lot of the work and psychologists to do a lot of the work that cops are willing to do because these knuckle draggers probably don't much enjoy trying to get two Karens to stop arguing over the length of the grass <laughs> in their yard either. I imagine that that would be pretty bad if you were a big boy who thought that you were going to get to shoot criminals too. Also, I think that we probably need detectives. We definitely need detectives. But also we need to be a lot more exacting about like what is um, what is considered good detective work and what isn't. And we need to be a yeah. lot better at checking in on the mental health of our detectives because they go through a lot, God knows. They actually do. And a lot of them end up really, 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 really weird about things. For instance, if you ever listen to any true crime podcast or anything like that, I want you to really focus on what they say. And this is, of course, not data-driven, but I just want you to do it because it's pretty ubiquitous across them. One of my guilty uh, pleasures is true crime stuff. It's pretty ubiquitous across these things that they will become hyper-focused on a suspect. And sometimes they'll be like, yeah, I stalked this guy for 30 years because I just thought that he was the guy. And even though nobody thought that I was right and I got kicked off the force for thinking this was the guy, I just kept on stalking him. And like then one day we, we got him. Or they'll say, will you take a polygraph? And then you'll fill the polygraph and they'll be like, this is our guy, even though polygraphs aren't admissible in court because you might as well flip a fucking coin, honestly. It's why they're not admissible in court. They're completely useless. It's even the guy that invented them was like, no, don't don't do that. Literally, the guy that invented the polygraph said that they this is not useful in, in this case. Stop it. It's just it's not a proper use of a polygraph and it's not in and, and the <sighs> fact that so many detectives even still now are being trained and still believe that this is a valid way of unofficially determining if this should be a suspect or not speaks volumes for the level of detective work in our country. It's not good. Mm. So we need to do something about that. However, I do briefly, very briefly want to talk to you about the problems with the idea of police abolition and also the very valid concerns of some people who speak out against police abolitionists. There are a lot of abolitionists that don't talk like me. There are a lot of people who believe in the full abolition of the police and prison system. They believe that we could live in a world where there are no cops, no armed people at all where there's no system of policing and no system of putting people in prison and trying to redeem them or some shit. I don't think personally that this is a realistic goal. And I know that that is not going to be popular with my fellow leftists. However, it seems to me, and I know this for a fact, that some people are just not good. They are not compatible with society for whatever reason, and that they need to be removed from society. 
There are some people who are violent, whether that's a failure of society or because the wiring in their brain or some shit. It happens. It just does. For example, Charles Mason, noted serial killer. The biggest problem in his life was that he was 5'2". He had very supportive parents, middle class background. There were no failures of society. He just had a chip on his shoulder and he went on to kill a lot of people, like five to six people. This is not somebody whose society failed in the way that, that police abolitionists typically talk about the mass incarceration system. He was just a bad dude. And from time to time, this happens. It doesn't happen a lot, I will admit, which is why I believe that there should be far fewer cops and a completely different prison system. But it does occur, and we do as a society need to be able to deal with that. Oftentimes I hear people who believe in the end of mass incarceration say we can solve everything through restorative justice, and there are some things that I believe cannot be solved through restorative justice. What? No. There are people who will continue to want to hurt other people no matter how many times you put them through the system and you can't keep letting them out. I don't know what the answer here is, but I know that it's not the one that I hear the most, and that's exile. So you exile a person to go kill in another community. Not cool, bro. Didn't they try that with Australia? They did, and it wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah, that's Australia. Uh, it's just Australia, you man. described Australia. <laughs> I know. We have to be able to do better than that. And we can't just exile them to another community to wreak havoc on them. So we need to deal with that in a way that makes sense. And in a more compassionate way. I don't believe that prison should be punitive, and I definitely don't believe that prison should have anything to do with the economy. We should not have prisoners working for cents on the dollar. The The concept of commissary is fucked. Yeah. Those are my caveats to this question, but I don't think that we can remove the concept of policing entirely. I do think that in a country where we have the Second Amendment, and I do support the Second Amendment, that we do need people with guns in order to respond to situations where guns are needed. Far fewer. Probably not militarized, but they are needed. And so we need to do something that makes sense. Abolition shouldn't be taken as like a super literal destroy all of the police officers. <sighs> it's a very aggravating situation for me. And also... I don't believe that the victims of crimes should always be expected to want to do the work of a restorative justice process. Sometimes they're not going to want to do that, and we can't just ignore that either. Some people just aren't safe to the community. Even if it's a shame, we need to figure out what to do with those people. Again, I don't really have strong answers about what we would do about this, because these questions are extraordinarily complicated. And I am a creative writing major. I got two brain cells. <laughs> I just think that these are things that we need to talk about. And so if you have these concerns, I see you and I agree with you. And I do not agree with people who are saying that we don't need any cops at all, no matter what the level of training or their role that they play in society. I, ju I just think that their powers should be scaled back massively and that they shouldn't be protected from civil suits. Yeah. So that's the episode, I think. I think we should end actually on some uh, on uh, some positive notes before we go on to the next section. I was just thinking uh, things that we can do as individuals and as just, you know, people, because the police have a lot of power and are able to just, you know, 
murder people and get away with it, like you said. So things that you can do. Protest is one thing. You can also sign petitions. But the most important thing that you can do is vote down ballot. Vote for people in your community that support either defunding the police, retraining the police, some putting controls on the police. Vote for those people. Get them into office. That That is the most effective way of, unfortunately, that is the most effective way of, con- of controlling this situation. Like, we need to get in front of our elected officials and say, enough is enough. This whole situation with the police is screwed and we need a new system. So we need to start getting people into office and into places of power that actually truly believe that. Yeah. And the, and then we and then more change will definitely happen if we can get enough of those people. Yeah. And if you are one of those people, then run for office. Yeah, and that get was people what I was about you. to say, because right now yeah. we don't really have a very radical political set. There are a lot of radicals on the right side, but there are a lot of people from left side who feel precluded from the idea of running because of their past and because they're socialists. And that's such a um, that's like a lightning rod. That's a lightning. Like a, that's a lightning rod. Yeah. But we do need people. So if you have, so if you are like-minded and you have less of an internet presence, I do, <laughs> I do encourage you to think of running or to try and radicalize one of your friends into running because it is a good thing to do. Yes. I also am not as much of a believer in electoral politics, so I just say keep your foot on these motherfuckers' necks. Support your friends at the protest if they need if they need rides because of these things. You can also listen to the police scanner. I'm just going to share a document. But also, like, if you can't go to the protest, support them in yeah. other ways. Give them intelligence support. Just back them up. They need they need it. They're against so do the fucking. What you can. It's David and Goliath out there. Yeah. So do do what you can do. That is the that is the most. That is what you can do. Do what you can do to help in any way. Talk to family members or your friends. If you have a platform, then use it to speak to other people. Twitch streamers, I'm looking at you. Podcasters, we're looking at you. If you have a platform, then then talk about it. If you can run for office, do that and keep keep the pressure on. Yeah. Just keep the pressure on in any way that you can. And Let's not get burnout. This is a marathon. Here. Remember, folks, from each according to their ability and to each according to their needs. We can support each other and we can all work to our strengths and we will defeat our enemy. All right. So after that and after we took a little breath, let's talk about something that is wonderful that's that's really awesome that happened that's making you just super happy nicole to you what is making you super happy right now okay i got two things that have cut through my undying rage this week Mm. number one terraria is a very good game it is ten dollars on steam it will never be more than ten dollars on steam i've played 90 hours in the last two weeks Mostly last I week. I to try out that. I have that. It's really good. I would play with you. Actually, it's, it shows that you own it, but they just uploaded like the last major update that they probably will ever. 
after like mm. almost a decade of updating. Really? Yeah. Like I think it came out in 2011. They've been updating it all the time for like a number of years. So this is probably the last one. It's called Journey's Ends. It's just a really good game. It's, it's just really solid. It's like 2D Minecraft, but with progression. If I were to simplify it. Literally 200 megabytes. So good. So <laughs> just real king shit. The politics... <laughs> There there aren't, like, really many politics of the game. It's, like, just a sandbox. Uh, however, something that might tinge your experience is, like, there's something, there's an event called, like, the Blood Moon, and all of the female NPCs go real crazy during the Blood Moon. Oh, but, okay. But, like... Other than that, it's just it's 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 really fucking good. Just play, it. okay? Like our dark mother said, we can all enjoy media while acknowledging its more pernicious aspects. Okay. And my other thing was that Pokemon said Black Lives Matter. Here's the tweet. It said, here at the Pokemon Company International, we believe in friendship, inclusivity, and equality. These are values that anchor the Pokemon brand. There's no place for oppression within our community. We stand in solidarity with our Black employees, fans, and families who continue to be impacted by systemic racism and senseless violence. We will be making a 100000 donation to the NAACP and a $100,000 donation to Black Lives Matter. Our commitment to you is ongoing and our support will be as well. We believe that Black Lives Matter. That is an official statement. Now, brands saying Black Lives Matter doesn't mean a ton all the time, but when nerd brands say it, you know oh. that there are a lot of fucking bigots in those communities, oh, and so you yeah. know that you're going to get a lot of pushback. So actually, I respect it. Also, it makes Nazis crazy when their favorite brand, nerd brands say that they don't value them <laughs> in their community. And also, it just makes me feel good about being like an adult Pokemon fan. It just does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I like, I like children's media, but like, yeah. $200,000 to, to the NAACP and Black Lives Matter. That's what really matters to me, too. Yeah. From the old guard to the new guard, they support them both. So, so awesome. It just made me happy. Also, yeah. so does the ubiquitous support of Black Lives Matter amongst most reasonable people. So, on to you, genre. So, uh, just going off of that, I really, I like, whenever I hear like a brand or something like put up a tweet or a post or something saying like, we stand with our black employees and we, we, like inclusivity and blah 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 and then they don't say anything else i just don't care anymore i stop listening but when 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 they say we believe in black lives matter black lives matter and we we believe this and we are also going to give this money to this organization then i stand up a cheer so if you see a brand and they're like black lives matter yay and then they don't do anything else then but if they're like viacom did you hear about that? Oh, did Viacom say Black Lives Matter? Oh, they did more than that. Viacom put up, uh, like, across their, like, MTV, uh, CBS, Nickelodeon, in the middle of the day, they had this thing during their ad break, eight minutes, 46 seconds of someone trying to breathe. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and just on the screen, it says, like, Black Lives Matter and... Uh, it, 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 it was just a black screen with white letters and just, that would really, for nine minutes, 
Did they have a Epic. content warning? Because that would actually like ruin my day. <laughs> that no. Oh boy! <laughs> Just okay. randomly, and and the the thing is that um I saw people tweeting about it, and 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 some people were freaking out because they're like, my kids are traumatized, blah blah, blah. and I'm like, well, one, I've been traumatized since I was like twelve when I saw the the, the riots in in L A, uh, and why that happened. Oh so, God, you're old. Screw you. Yes, yes I am. Yes I am. Shh. Yes. But. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is actually uh, that that is actually when I started to be afraid of cops because I saw that being. Yeah, I've been afraid of cops since I was like a child because my grandpa would just talk about all of the horrible cops that he knew because he's yeah. been a de- he was a defense attorney in Chicago. But it's like oh, all over the, like there was like a sobbing black child in the street who asked a cop like, are you going to shoot me? Um, and then oh, there was some, no. and then there was like some cop, there was some copaganda where like the cop hugged her and like it was gross, but like just that one little clip, it's like man, fuck your kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's that's the thing. Like I, I was I was like, then talk to them because kids kids will understand what they understand. And they need your help to understand other things. If they just freak out because it's just someone breathing for nine minutes in the middle of, of Nickelodeon time, then you can say, well, this is why that's, that is. There was nothing violent about it. There was nothing that, um, that hinted at like someone dying or something. It was just someone breathing in a black screen. So you can go up to them and say, look, someone got hurt. Someone, uh, was like, they got hurt and, uh, they passed away because there are problems and you can go into that. Show them the Sesame like, Street clip. This, oh, God, it's so cute. The Sesame Street. That was another thing. That's t- they had Elmo talking talk, to like, his like, daddy what, is who looks like he don't pay dad? child support. <laughs> <laughs> no, his it's canonically his dad. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was either his dad or his uncle or something. But like talking about racism. And being very open and honest about it. it like, Sesame Street is just wildly awesome about that sort of thing. Ever since uh, Mr. Mr. Hooper died, mm-hmm. uh, like the actor that played Mr. Hooper died uh, back in the 80s, they had a whole episode about people talking about death. And because Mr. Hooper died in the show... And it really helped everybody that was watching understand death and understand what was going on. And it was wonderful. And they're still doing that th- sort of thing. And I'm so happy about that. Yeah. The last thing I was <laughs> to say, the thing that was really making me giggle was this tweet that someone sent out on June 3rd. Because like you said, brands are out there like saying like, we stand with Black Lives Matter and everything. I'm going to link this in the show notes uh, along with like a few other things, but Angel T333TH, every, uh, every other uh, basic response, we stand with our black em- employees, Ben and Jerry's, we got to fucking smash the white supremacy, fuck the KKK and fuck you, Black Lives Matter, our new flavor is called fuck the police, it's got blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> that last one. <laughs> It's I got blueberries. <laughs> Our new flavor is called Fuck the Police. It's got blueberries. That's very Ben and Jerry's. 
It is. I mean, clearly that's not what they actually, it was close though. They are, they went hard into it. They're like, we're going to give money. We don't give a crap. We're Ben and Jerry's. And they said that in 2016 too. So like they've been ahead, they've been on it for a while. And it's the like, it's one of the few American companies that's made a big stand because most American companies are just worried about their, their money. Mm -hmm. Like the NFL. Yeah. Like it, um, there's a reason why the Pokemon company and Lego have, have been like two of the largest brands to say something. Very few of the American companies. And it's because there's a lot of Nazis who buy things. Nazis have buying power. (laughs) I mean, they're white people. They have a lot of money. But we got more. Nazis tend to be poor. (laughs) (laughs) Except for like the couple that aren't, but like, Mm. But, like, most of these people are just angry for their situations and think that, like, black people are preventing them from being fucking billionaires. They're hilarious. They're so embarrassing. (laughs) All right. So on that, (laughs) thanks, everybody, for listening to I Should Have to Say This. We promised that we were going to talk about cartoons this episode. Obviously, we couldn't. This is way too important to talk about. We will make another episode uh, about cartoons later so uh, keep an eye out for that remember you can go to saythiscast.com and check out all of our episodes there are links to subscribe if you're just listening on the website we can listen on google play and apple podcasts and all these things and remember we put out our podcast on the second and fourth tuesday of every month we would love to hear from you say this cast at gmail.com or at say this cast on Twitter. Follow us on there, email us. And also if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're on Stitcher, if you go on podchaser.com, leave us a review. It would really help out the show. If you'd like to help out the show monetarily, you can always go to patreon.com slash say this cast. Sign up to be a Patreon there. We have lots of different levels. If you have a buck a month, help us out. Put in a buck a month and uh, you can also make a one time donation to the show at coffee. That is K.O. dash F.I. dot com slash say this cast. Nicole, where can we find you online? You can find me yelling on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades. And that's three as in the number. You can find me yelling on <laughs> press start block on twitter you can also follow me on twitch that's press start morlock there every tuesday at 10 p.m and every friday at 3 p.m both easter standard time i have a political chat uh we talk about whatever the chat wants to talk about and it's a it's a good time hopefully it's educational and informative and sometimes uh nick comes on the the stream and we talk about stuff as well so all the music on the show is by Mustin. You can go to M-U-S-T-I-N Enterprises.com at store.mustinenterprises.com and purchase any of the music that we've played. Uh, check that out. And I shouldn't have to say this is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcast.com. And remember, kids, defund the police. Defund the police. The trainers suck, too. They all need to be fired. Yeah, also, there's one good trainer in Los Angeles who, like, had been doing bias training for several years, and they beat the shit out of him.
Oh my god. The cops beat the shit out of their bias trainer. Like, training doesn't work, man. Once once it's gotten to their head that black people aren't human, you train them, and you want to know what? They're all, like, class clowns in there. They're all, like, going, huh, huh, yep, we're not gonna beat the niggers anymore. Huh, 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 yep. <laughs> Beavis and butthead-looking-ass bitches. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're totally gonna gonna treat black people like people. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're gonna treat we're gonna treat black people like people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's cops at, at, at bias training. It's a joke. That's I why I think ourselves. that we really need to fire most, if not all, of them. I th- I hate myself and you <laughs> for doing that. Put that in the episode. <laughs> I'm gonna. <Good. laughs>